1: Welcome to In the
2: Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bolatto, and today we have an exciting show. We have the new president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, John Tatera, and we're excited to see what this year looks like for the Texas Alliance, and especially under new leadership. So he will be on, but first, I want to talk about our latest issue of Shale Magazine, Uh, Our cover is the President of the United States, President Trump, and it's a great issue, probably one of the best that we have put out, in my humble opinion, for the reason that it is written in a way that we can all understand the great and positive things that President Trump has done for oil and gas. If you want information on oil and gas and how it's connecting into your day-to-day life, your job, your career... Go to ShellMag.com, click on the tab of the picture of the latest issue of Shell Magazine and read all about all the amazing things that President Trump has done for oil and gas. But now it's time to bring on our resident energy expert and associate editor of Shell Oil and Gas Business Magazine, David Blackman. David, how are you?
3: Oh, just wonderful. It's just another beautiful day in Texas.
2: I'm telling you, we've had some amazing weather for the last week. It's cool at night, beautiful and warm during the day. Can't ask for anything better than the weather we've been having Yeah, you lately. really can Yeah. I'm glad to see it's all over the state of Texas because we're obviously in two different cities uh, as we tape <laughs> our show. Uh, but let's jump right into it because we do have a lot of news to cover. A lot of crazy things are happening. Uh, first things first... There was an article that came out in the Wall Street Journal. It was discussing how Poland wants to reduce its reliance uh, on Russia's energy. And so last week, its own state-owned oil and gas company, PGNIG, signed its first five-year deal to buy American liquefied natural gas. And the agreement illustrates how the energy boom from the fracking revolution, the shell revolution, uh, has served the United States national interest and deterred the reach of dictators abroad. And it just brings me back to, before I ask you, we have sat on the show for two years talking about how good fracking is for, it's a matter of national security. And it, it finally, it seems like what we have been saying now is unfolding for the American people to actually witness it and see it. What are your thoughts on this?
3: Yeah, you know, it just seems like a matter of common sense, doesn't it, that the less reliant you are on foreign sources of energy, the more secure you're going to be. I don't know why that very simple lesson is so difficult for so many people to learn. Uh, this deal with Poland also, you know, is, is very illustrative of, of, of several things, frankly, that we've talked about. And, and one is just the amazing abundance of natural gas that we have in this country. I mean, when you really think about where we are today compared to where we were six years ago when we had 1,400 drilling rigs drilling for natural gas in this country, today we have 140, one-tenth that many drilling for natural gas in this country. And yet we're still increasing our overall production as a country, and we're able to export these massive volumes of liquefied natural gas and sell them to countries like Poland. Uh, And this is a deal that enhances – not only our own national security, but also Poland's national security, because it's going to enable them to start uh, reducing their reliance on Russia for their natural gas that, you know, eats their homes and and provides a lot of their power generation in that country. So it's just a, a, a great success story for the American energy industry.
2: And, and quickly, let's go through... The differences between the different administrations. Since uh, President Trump has been in office one year, and we had eight years of Obama, and just, you know, the differences of how much regulation was really killing and what was scheduled to come on board had uh, the Democrats or Hillary Clinton been elected. Uh, You know, when Trump says, we need to move towards energy dominance, and uh, you know, we put him on the cover. Your beautiful writing discussing all of the things that he's done to the energy sector and reversing a lot of what Obama had placed on the energy sector, and to see, um, you know, that things are starting to um, work itself out pertaining to energy. Uh, it, it's it's you know just amazing to see the differences and to start really seeing. What America can do if it's if if we're unleashed with this energy dominance.
3: Yeah, that's right. I and mean, this is this transaction. is is a clear uh, example of how that energy dominance agenda it, it really enhances uh, our ability, our administration's ability to conduct foreign policy uh, with countries that are not necessarily uh, all that friendly to us. Uh, not Not talking about Poland there, but Russia this is a, a big uh, point of leverage that we now have uh with Russia and other aspects of our dealings with that country uh in our foreign relations with that with them and with Vladimir putin you know now we have this this uh this threat uh that we can and we you know this is not the first uh, actual agreement uh, to ship lng over to these eastern European countries and and there will be more to come Um, And so we're really impinging on a market that Vladimir Putin holds very dear and has been a big part of the Russian economy for a long time. They've held these Eastern European countries hostage with their natural gas supply for for many decades now. And and now they have competition, and that competition can be leveraged in other aspects of our dealings with Russia. And, And, in fact, the president has already done that. Uh, is using this and and other points of leverage to encourage Putin and the Russian government to intervene with the crazy little fat guy dictator in North Korea and try to moderate his behavior. So it all interplays with one another, and it all goes back to our ability to produce natural gas and petroleum from these shale plates thanks to hydraulic fracturing and horizontal drilling. And now I'll get off my soapbox.
2: It almost seems like we're now in a game that we were uh before, you know, 5, 6 years ago forced to sit on the sidelines. Changing gears just a little bit but staying on the topic of Russia, OPEC and Russia. They are set to renew their export limitation agreement all the way through 2000 the ending of 2018. So tell me how is this going to impact the oil markets and most importantly the prices?
3: Yeah, this is very Crucial uh, moment. This is a very huge aspect of, of influencing the price of oil to remain fairly strong. You know, we uh, we've had uh, West Texas Intermediate get up over fifty nine dollars one day recently, and uh, is still in the high fifties, and hopefully will stay there and, and even move a little higher. But it can't do that without uh, this agreement between Russia and OPEC to limit their exports. That's been kind of the key to the whole deal. So it's it's really good news that that's going to get extended through. The end of 2018 and, um, you know, as we move through the year next year, it, it may uh, or may not have to be extended further. Um, the market appears to be pretty much balanced at this point. There's a growing consensus that supply and demand has essentially balanced now. So uh, we can, I think, uh, just pending now, what, what really happens is with OPEC and Russia renewing this agreement, then that puts the onus on U.S. shale producers. they're the swing producer they're the united states is the country the one big producing country that can really negatively influence the price if all the shale producers you know uh implement really dramatically higher drilling budgets early next year and activate a bunch of new drilling rigs you know they could conceivably drill the price back down again um we'll just have to wait and see if that happens i don't expect that to happen, but uh, but it certainly could.
2: Right. And I think they, re- they start releasing at the end of December, so we should know soon. San um, Antonio Express News, they ran a report this week that included the fact that 70% of the crude oil that flowed into the Port of Corpus Christi in October was exported to other countries for refining. So, you know, U.S. producers are now exporting as much as 1.8 million barrels per day, much more than several OPEC nations do. And most of that is coming from the Eagle Ford and, of course, the Permian Basin. Talk about the facts of what's driving this.
3: Yeah, isn't that interesting? It's just fascinating to me. uh, God bless Texas. (laughs) Yeah, God bless Texas, first of all. And just the fact that all this, all from the Permian and, and the Eagle Ford shale, has some place to go now. I mean, it just points up how crucial it was uh, at the end of 2015 that the industry was able to get that idiotic ban on the export of crude oil uh, reversed and repealed. And uh, you know, we had that language included in that omnibus budget bill, and President Obama had no choice but to sign that bill to keep the, the government from shutting down. So it was it's really good that, that policy got reversed because here's here's what happens is most of these refineries along the Texas Gulf Coast are not set up to refine this uh, this sweet light crude that comes out of Texas, comes out of the Permian Basin and Eagle Ford Shell. They're more set up and their trains and their equipment is more set up to refined heavy crude oil coming from places like Mexico and Venezuela and Brazil and the Middle East, for that matter, and then down from Canada, the oil sands up there. And so all this new oil coming from the Permian and the Eagle Ford in recent years has threatened to overrun our refining capacity. And the ability to now put that oil on ships and ship it to other countries to be refined uh, has freed up so much of this additional production that we've seen coming out of Texas, and that's just been a tremendous benefit for, for everybody in Texas, for our whole economy, uh, and the creation of jobs and all the economic impact the, the industry's had in the state in recent years. So it just all goes back to that great uh, moment when Barack Obama was forced to repeal the ban on the export of crude crude oil from that had been put in place in 1977. So it's just amazing how all these things come around and and benefit so many people.
2: You know, uh, a good friend of mine is uh, a gentleman named Tweed Scott, and he wrote a book on uh, Texas. Uh, And it basically is, uh, I might not be from Texas, but the moment I learned about Texas, I got here as fast as I could, (laughs) (laughs) looking at all the things from Corpus Christi to Permian Basin to Eagle Ford. To Houston and Dallas, there's just some marvelous things going on right now in the way of oil and energy, and a president that gets it. and um, And I love this show to explain to everybody how these inner how they all interconnect, uh, like you said earlier, and the importance of them in our daily lives. With that being said, that's all the time we have this week. But we look forward to talking again next week on more energy topics
3: thank you for having me
2: and with that we do have to take a quick break but when we return we will be talking to the president of the texas alliance of energy producers john tatara we'll be right back you're listening to in the oil patch radio show
0: shale oil and gas business magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business so let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, mag.com
2: And welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is a very special guest. Uh, it's our honor to bring on the new president of uh, the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, John Tatera. John, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show.
4: Well, thank you. I appreciate that so much, Ms. Bilotto. It's good to hear your voice again. And it's always a pleasure to be on. Uh, You do such a good job in trying to make sure that our listeners get the science and the facts and the important information that they need to make the business decisions that they have to make in today's ever-changing regulatory climate.
2: Well, thank you so much, John. And I do want to tell you, call me Kim. We are amongst friends. Uh, But I want to start with, you have a very unusual background that makes you the perfect candidate for being the new president of the alliance so tell me a little bit about yourself your background and how did you get to being elected as the president of the alliance
4: well it is an honor to uh, serve uh, our membership of the texas alliance and i was elected on november 8th Uh, before that i had served as a consultant for them for a while and uh, of course i I believe most people know who the alliance is because we have 2500 members across the state of texas where we are a statewide organization and what we do is we represent the oil and gas industry through a series of advocacy efforts uh, to make sure that the statutory and regulatory framework that our members have to operate in is a level playing field. For me to help us get to what our goals are, which is that level playing field, I have had an interesting career. I'm a geologist. I began as a petroleum geologist, but I also then switched in 1990 to a regulator, and I spent more than two decades at the Railroad Commission of Texas retiring from there in uh, 2012 as the executive director. I began consulting for the Alliance at that point, consulted with them for several years, came on full-time in this past legislative session to uh, be their government relations vice president, and uh, now have been elected upon the retirement of our former president, Alex Mills, who served us well for over two decades, Um, now the president of the Texas Alliance. And again, it's something that I take a lot of pride in.
2: Right. Now, now I want to talk about Because you have been a past Texas Railroad Commissioner, and basically that is the authority that governs oil and gas in permitting as well as consumer safety. I mean, it's the whole kit and caboodle in this agency. You've been a past regulator or commissioner, and so you really understand both sides of the spectrum of advocation for the oil and gas industry as well as regulation. And one of the things that is important to me as I see as a person in the community is how important it is to have a balance because the the texas alliance of energy producers is an agency that is dealing with oil and gas companies but they have to carefully interact with texas legislators and make sure that there's a balance because we know well that if texas is doing well in oil and gas our state is doing well. So even if you're not in oil and gas, even if you don't work in the industry, even if you have no real knowledge of how this intertwines together, it still affects you. If oil and gas is doing well, there's plenty of jobs. As of 2018, you guys are on this mission to rebrand itself as being the authority on state and federal for oil and gas. And of course, this is the benefit to the members. So let's talk about a little bit about what is this new platform that you guys are rolling out pertaining to uh, the authority of the Texas Alliance.
4: You bet, and thank you for that question. You know, I did serve as the former executive director of the Railroad Commission of Texas, and that's a state agency job, and you're a state employee when you do that. And because of that, uh, and as I worked with the agency, I saw a lot of the ways that you can have good regulations. I also saw some of the ways where you can have difficult regulations that frankly don't make sense. I would say the first thing that everybody in industry wants is stability in their regulatory framework. That's why we were so focused and so pleased to see the Railroad Commission get through the sunset process. Uh, Another thing that I think that uh, works well and that I've learned as a former regulator, uh, as a former executive director, is that incentives instead of mandates is something that the industry responds well to. Uh, we came across the past eight years of a very difficult series of federal overreach efforts that intruded deeply into the heart of Texas and this intrusion by the federal agencies brought with it a series of regulations that frankly just did not make sense to Texas and in some ways were almost punitive in their nature we're now seeing an opportunity to roll those back and what we want as uh, representatives of the industry and what our industry wants is really regulations that are based on three things science fact, and due process. And we didn't always get that when we were dealing with some of our federal agencies. So we are strongly committed to helping our membership navigate the difficult waters that currently are in place as we try to move from the overregulation scenario of the previous eight years into the common sense regulations that we're starting to see come out of washington dc and that's that rebranding that we're talking about we want to help our members uh, get through this difficult process represent them as well as we possibly can and when they do have questions have an opportunity for them to reach out to us and answer their questions. We're going to be putting in a 1-800 regulatory hotline where through emails or by phone calls. You're going to be able to get easily in touch with the alliance and talk to one of our experts. And we'll make sure we can point you to the right federal or the right state agency to help you know who you need to go if you have a complaint or to help you understand a regulation and who you need to call at the regulatory entity in order to make sure that you have got the right solution for the problem that they might be perceiving. So that is part of the effort that we are making here. And you saw it in our drive during the regulatory session of the 85th legislature when we uh, uh, passed Senate Concurrent Resolution 26. The author of that was Senator Craig Estes, and he put together an excellent bill, which we strongly supported and stood behind and were able to get through with the help in the House of Chairman Drew Darby. And in that regulation, it's an outgrowth of the federal regulatory energy delegation effort of the alliance, which began with an alliance uh, board of directors uh, affirmation and testimony that said, we want state control. We want the authority of Texas oil field regulators to be the law of the land. We want to be regulated by Texans in Texas. And that is now... uh, a passed bill signed by the governor, a concurrent resolution, which puts our Texas legislature on the record as saying that we would like to bring as much federal authority back to the state through delegation to the appropriate state agency with the necessary funding so that Texas regulators are overseeing Texas production for the good of all of our citizens, not just those in the oil field, but those that use our products, those that coexist uh, with us, uh, those that receive the tax money that we pay uh, into the economy of Texas. You mentioned that as Texas uh, economy goes up and down, one of the strong indicators for that is the health of the oil field industry. Well, we're healthy right now. And unemployment in Texas is going down. And we are seeing good jobs and, and significant activities occurring. So, Kim, I think you put your finger right on the pulse of the issue right there. And it, the Alliance is going to meet that challenge and meet that demand from our membership.
2: Excellent, John. And when, we're gonna to have to take a quick break, but when we return, I wanna talk about, okay, so what kind of uh, members are is the Alliance looking for? What's the right kind of person to join? Because obviously if you're in advocacy work, this is right up your alley, but you guys do so, so much more. So I wanna get into that. We have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back.
5: Oil-filled experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil-filled equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923.
2: And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is John Tatera, the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. And John, before the break, we were talking about the new rebranding of a very time-tested organization that deals with The oil and gas and and regulation and the lobbying part of it however the texas alliance is a very specific group um, or an organization what is the ideal member that you look for or how does somebody get involved with your organization in what ways do you want to look for these type of members
4: oh that's a very good question and thank you for asking that you know as uh, we move into the future we stay true to our roots and the uh, texas alliance of energy producers represents the independent oil and gas company in Texas. We do not represent the multinationals. We do not represent gas stations or integrated companies or refineries or pipelines. We represent the people that drill most of the wells in Texas, make most of the discoveries, and produce the oil and gas on the leases. So that is the focus of what our membership is, and as I said, we have 2,500 members. Now, that membership is also a bit broader than that because there's numerous service companies that join us and belong to us. And we also have a very active student program. We have over 200 student members uh, that are currently in university classes, and we have an active internship program. And so that's part of our planning for the future. And that is what we want the Alliance to be, true to our past, and at the same time, moving toward the future.
2: Now, you guys are very diverse in how you go about operating throughout the year. You do some marvelous events. You have an expo. You also have uh, the Wildcatter uh, event in which you honor four times a year a oil and gas company. But you also really get into the heart and soul of regulation and how to protect the industry as a whole. And so you guys had a recent meeting in Austin that actually involved a Trump appointee as well as the DOE. Talk to me about what happened in this meeting.
4: Thank you. And uh, the alliance is active, not just in Texas and not just at the uh, Austin Capitol with our local electeds. We're extremely active in Washington, D.C. also. In fact, our lobbyist, Bill Stevens, just returned from there, where he was fighting the good fight to preserve percentage depletion and intangible intangible drilling costs as the tax code is being rewritten in Washington, D.C. We visited every single member of the congressional delegation. And that's the kind of representation the Texas Alliance gives you, thorough coverage both on a local, a state, and on a federal level. Part of that effort was reaching out uh, to Trump appointees, Uh, And uh, Eric Maroon is the gentleman that came down, and he came down and we coordinated a series of meetings of him so he could get to know the energy industry. He met with the Railroad Commission of Texas staff. Uh, We also took them over to the Bureau of Economic Geology. One of the things that many people have forgotten is that the Railroad Commission currently has for carbon dioxide, CO2 sequestration, we have regulations on the books, and they've been on the books for quite a while. Uh, There's still a significant amount of research going on. The Bureau of Economic Geology are experts at this, and they were able to sit down and talk to the Trump administration representative, display their technical prowess, mention how Texas would be a good place for grant money and research money to come in, in order to study these type of activities, and then again, as people in the know understand, it's really in Texas that CO2 is a product, not just a waste. And CO2 is used in many, many floods where you are using tertiary recovery to get that last drop of oil out of a reservoir before you plug out a field. So for us down here, it's a natural and it's a no-brainer. So we talked about CO2 sequestration and we even then moved on to some of the new technology. Uh, One of the things we want to guarantee for our membership is a good market for our products, a good market for the oil and a good market for the natural gas that our members produce. And we believe that if there is going to be a play from D.C. to encourage sequestration or taking Uh, the uh, greenhouse gases and storing them in the subsurface. By golly, we want that done in Texas because Texas is the place that has the best technology and the right geology for doing it. And that's the message that they receive from that. And by having that in place, we are guaranteeing or assuring as much as we can that the future markets for our products are going to stay stable.
2: I want to also ask you about, um, there was a discussion Uh, that you guys had as well on how to change or the need to change state and federal regulation, the framework on produced and recyclable water within the oil and gas industry. And I want to get into that as soon as we return from break. We do have to take a quick break. You are
1: listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Have you heard of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, the largest state association in the country? 87 years strong, serving independents, and it's right here in Texas. Offices in Houston, Austin, and Wichita Falls. Over 3,000 members of all ages like you who are in the oil and gas industry or who have family members and friends who are. Company members range from one employee to large independents. Lobbying, networking events, and saving you money. For a membership tailored just to fit your budget, contact Sandy Simon at sandis at texasalliance.org or call 281-997-7223. That's 281-997-7223. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio
2: Show. Our guest today is John Tatera, the president of Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. And John, before the break, I wanted to get into some of the newer technologies that um, are starting to evolve in the oil and gas industry, some of them specifically being uh, produced water, recyclable water. Uh, talk to me a little bit about some of this new technology coming online.
4: Well, thank you. Uh, there is a series of new technologies and uh, we were discussing that with the Department of Energy and the Bureau of Economic Geology. And An example of that is the use of uh, CO2 scrubbers and sequestration with natural gas fired uh, power plants and the generation of electricity from that, which we think is a great idea. And essentially it's a apparently an easier technology and a a less expensive technology to put in place than most other types of sequestration with that kind of fuel. So that's a new technology that's developing that will have a tremendous benefit for our membership. We're also seeing the same sort of development on a lot of the way of treating and handling waste. And of course, the largest waste that comes from the Texas oil fields is produced water. That's naturally occurring water from ancient oceans that's associated deep in the subsurface a mile deep uh, with the oil or with the natural gas and as it's brought up to the surface it's separated out and it's reinjected deep back into the ground through uh, disposal wells that are licensed by the railroad commission of texas well we are finding very exciting and innovative ways in order to devise mechanisms to treat that water and begin seeing how it might be able to be reused for beneficial purposes I'd like to compliment the Railroad Commission on leading the way uh, in these types of permits and these type of efforts, and the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers has just formed our own water committee where we have a series of experts that are evaluating the regulatory framework of this produced water and how it might be able to be reused. You know, it's 7 billion barrels of produced water are disposed of every year in Texas. And when the drought comes back again, and unfortunately it's a cyclical event in Texas where you have feast and famine or drought and rain, well, when the dry weather comes back again, this produced water could be very beneficial. And there's a pilot program that's undergoing right now where cotton crops in a controlled environment are being irrigated for this. Uh, We would like to see the state have uh, more authority uh, to issue more permits like this and to find more ways in order to reach this beneficial use of water. And frankly, we're seeing uh, universities like Texas A&M take a real lead in the science involving this. So this is an exciting time to be in the oil field. A lot of people talk about the hydrofracturing technology, and that is significant and that is intense. We've also watched that closely, but there's other offsets of technology that we think are just as important in order to focus on. But as we talk about technology, I'd like to mention uh, opportunities that I'm starting to see in hydrofracturing because we're just getting to the point where companies are saying perhaps we need to begin refracturing these wells. Go to a well that was hydrofractured once, go back in, and make sure you get every drop of oil out of it and refracture it again. And the Texas Alliance is taking the lead in an effort to try to evaluate this and also see what kind of incentives might be available from the state in order to encourage companies to get every drop of this very valuable resource that plays such an important role in the severance tax and the rainy day fund of the state, get it out of the ground, get the taxes paid, and have those jobs that are created benefit our communities.
2: Interesting. You know, John, one of the things that excites me is the fact that you guys seem to have a real pulse on all the stuff that is neat, that we need to watch, that not just as oil and gas producers, but also uh, the technology that's coming on from uh, entrepreneurs or businesses and be able to uh, bring them in and use them within the oil and gas industry. And I'm a firm believer that the oil and gas industry, as the perception sometimes has been that it's very uh, blue collar, it's uh, a somewhat not educated group of folks. And it couldn't be further from the truth. And and why I bring that up is every year in January or February in Las Vegas, they have the Consumer Electronics Show. And this show shows you, are, is basically designed to show the latest technology that's out there. And when we look at the oil and gas industry and how much is coming out from the oil and gas industry, uh, you know, my belief is that the oil and gas industry is driving most of the technology that we are taking advantage of in other areas. And so to know that you guys not only get that and, and are are working towards finding and developing better technologies, you know, we are the leader of uh, oil and gas for the world. And so when we capture and understand how to take produced water, that's already in the ground and find a way of recycling it for oil and gas It's gonna be shared and used throughout the world. And these are technologies that would not be developed in other countries except the United States and except coming out from the oil and gas industry. It's, It's a marvelous industry. It's very innovative. It's very intelligent. It's very complicated, but there's a lot of smart, intelligent people that work within this industry. And I really feel the need to say that because I think often it's not looked at that way. And so that you guys are on top of all the new technology coming out is awesome. But you guys also do some fun things too. It isn't just always oil and gas, and uh, you know, talking about technology. You guys, let's talk about the Wildcatter event and the expo that you guys do every year as well.
4: Well, thank you for mentioning that because uh, you're right about the technology. Absolutely and we're going to see a continued evolution of it. Uh, the, uh, uh, one of the better things that we do is we participate with our young students, and we uh, go and we give lecture, and we visit campuses, and we encourage them to continue their petroleum geology or petroleum engineering or petroleum financial efforts, because we need to bring that next generation in. Uh, we also have a very active social media presence, which tunes us into this younger generation. Uh, it tunes us in through our tweets, And it tunes us in through our webpage, and it tunes us in through our Facebook pages to be able to reach out. And I'd encourage anybody, even if you're not an oil and gas professional or a major, if you'd just like to get some knowledge on this, please come and visit us with these tweets because you will also encounter then our promotions for some of the really fun and exciting things we do where we try to highlight the excellence of oil and gas companies and that's what we do in our Houston Wildcatters. We have a quarterly, Uh, it's in the Petroleum Club in Houston and we bring in a a specific company that has had an extremely good year with a strong reputation and happy employees that are making a profit, making very good salaries, contributing to their communities and certainly contributing to the economy of the state. And we honor them and we ask them to share our expertise with this. We also try to bring in uh, major media outlets like Shale Magazine, which is an outstanding publication that truly represents the heart and the soul of the Texas oil fields. And we uh, co-sponsor it frequently with them, and we're looking forward to continuing that relationship. We have an annual expo in the spring. April 24th and 25th is up going to be in Wichita Falls at the expo center where we bring in hundreds of booths and you'll see all the new technology and you'll hear cutting edge presentations from some real experts in the field that will be talking about how fantastic and opportunities for growth and the economy of this new and developing technology and at the same time there's plenty of cold beer and some really great ribs oh there you
2: go you captured my attention with that and john we do have to take a quick break you are listening to In the old Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back.
5: The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. Oil Filled Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part anytime for your automotive or oil filled equipment needs. Specializing in hard to find oil filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, Oil Filled Experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923.
0: Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three-and-six person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com most dependable claim based on a 2013 yamaha source side-by-side owner study you know great companies take great care of their employees ensure the well-being of your workforce with baptist healthy solutions your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you our mobile health unit delivers on-site state-of-the-art comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired till the day they retire from pre-employment screenings to routine immunizations to on-site injury care and more Trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your workforce health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 866 334 2485. Again, that's 1 866 334 2485.
2: And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is John Tatera, the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. Uh, John, we've talked about a lot of different things that the Alliance really does and and it's an amazing organization you guys get a lot of great stuff done but this past year we saw a real importance on uh embracing the younger potential uh employees that will eventually go into oil and gas or students that uh, trying to capture their attention to say, hey, oil and gas is a great occupation, you should consider it. And of course, mentoring them along the way. Let's talk a little bit about the importance that the Alliance feels towards uh, students uh, embracing them in this industry. So what are you guys doing to capture this audience?
4: well i think that you uh, again have hit a nail on the head kim with the importance of trying to make sure that uh, we have a continuity that's inviting and provides good jobs for the great young people that want to come in and enter our business and really this is part of the texas alliance new branding where we are not your grandfather's oil and gas company not your grandfather's oil and gas advocate but instead We're reflecting with our tweeting and our uh, movement on youth, the fact that we have a new generation that's coming into and going to enter the workforce. And trying to mentor them and bring them uh, up to speed and make them comfortable with the science and the facts of what we're working in and the politics of what we're working around is very, very important. So we're taking advocacy a step further with the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. And I would say uh, one really good example of that is our intern program. Uh, We will be featuring one of our interns uh, who is writing an article And his project as an intern was working under me to uh, compare federal and state regulations and look for overlap and duplication. We're going to be publishing in our Newsline magazine this month uh, an article about his work in through there. And this is one way where our interns get to meet a lot of professionals. They get to accompany me as I go to meetings and I go to the Capitol. They meet a lot of electeds and we pull our interns out of our student members. So a student member that wants to join the Alliance, and there's no charge for student members, you're free to join, you get all of our electronic publications. You get an opportunity to become a paid intern with the Alliance. I carry a new intern every semester, and it's solely intended to give a flavor and a taste of what it's really like in the oil business to these young people and to these up-and-coming talented professionals that are coming in. And I will also say that these talented professionals are very diverse. They come from a number of different backgrounds. They come from a number of different ethnic origins. They come from a, a number of different economic scenarios in their past, but all of them are looking at the oil field as an opportunity to do a good day's work for a very good paycheck when it comes to it. We know a lot of people that have made an excellent living in the oil patch, and we want to pass that on. We also try to uh, give out scholarships, and we have an annual scholarship that we pass along. We are focusing intently on the young up and coming professional to make sure that the next generation is ready to take over the battles that are always had to fought by every industry, no matter what uh, you might be in uh, as far as your profession goes, the battles that have to be fought both on the local and the state and the regulatory and the federal level, and the unavoidable consequences of having to deal with some of the political issues that come up. So when I go out and I speak on college campuses, and I try to speak on a college campus at least every other month, and I try to meet with their geology clubs or I try to talk to their petroleum engineering departments, the message I give them is that there is an industry that supports you, there's an industry that wants you, there's an industry out there that encourages you, and I'm here to represent that industry, and here are some concrete opportunities for you to start getting an understanding of what that industry's like. And you can just see those young faces, bright young faces light up when they realize there's people in the industry right now that care a great deal about their future as young professionals. And that's exactly the message the Alliance wants to give. We care about the young professionals come in and join us as student members, there's absolutely no charge and you get our periodicals and an opportunity to uh, intern with us and we try to host them at some of our Wildcatters meetings so they can actually rub elbows with some of the top leaders of the professional industries. And I will say that our membership is thrilled when they see these young people coming in. It makes them feel like they are leading a legacy. Of professionalism and a legacy of economic opportunity behind that these young people will be able to pick up and be able to run with in the future
2: Well, you know John when you guys are doing something we definitely want to know about it and, and let everybody know out in the oil patch what you guys are working on so I would like to thank you for being a guest today on the show we look forward to our continued partnership with you guys and I look forward to having you back on here soon so thank you for being a guest today
4: and thank you for your continued interest Kim and the focus of your magazine on the people of the Texas oil and gas industry. You do a great job.
2: Well, John, thank you for being a guest today on our show. And congratulations, because you will be the topic of today's trivia question. Hey, be the first person to email the correct answer to this trivia question to radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at shellmag.com. And win yourself a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, an amazing Brazilian steakhouse. Today's trivia question is what is the new title for John Tatera with the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers? Remember, be the first person to email the correct answer to radio at shellmag.com and you will win a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chão, the amazing Brazilian steakhouse. Well, that's all the time we have for this show, but be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash in the oil patch radio show and follow us on Twitter at shellmag. Well, that's going to wrap up another great show. We look forward to next week when we bring you more exciting news and insightful interviews. Until then, adios.
0: In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here
1: on In the Oil Patch.